Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is episode 281. And we are starting with whatever. <laughs> Just whatever. Our very favorite topic. You know, I was thinking about this today because we recorded, I believe it was two years ago. Was it two years ago when Trump, when the election was yeah. happening? <laughs> That we were recording the night with Diane Sanfilippo. Oh. And I, the only I reason I remember that. is we were both like watching the election while we were recording and like off offline, we were kind offline. of freaking out. Yeah. And it was well, a big moment. And so here we are again. It's like big election night. <sighs> here we are again. Big election day. But we don't yeah. get into politics, Claire. I know, Joy. I just, you know, we I, don't, this is a, we don't this have is a opinions. Place where- this is a place where people can go to just not have to worry about yeah. things like that. Hey, I, also. you know, I do appreciate that you guys see us as comedy. I really do. And we are complex humans. Complex and we humans have who exist very on, strong. in this country. Yeah. This is funny. Waiting for election results is like waiting for a grade on a group project. I know I did my shit right, but I'm scared y'all fucked it up. <laughs> you know what? To ease the anxiety of all of this going on right now, I feel like sometimes Twitter is just the only release that I can really come down from all of it. Because everyone's feeling like this. Everyone's like, oh, why can I just like wake up in the morning and And just have this nightmare be over? Yeah. Um, Jonathan Van Ness had Nancy Pelosi on his podcast this week, and it was so fantastic. I love Love him so much. He. He kept calling her girl and like, yes, oh queen. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just said that to you because <laughs> he like can't help it. Um, and the other video that is giving me life. Oops, can't say that. Claire and I have this like ongoing thread of things that we really are sick of. And one of them really is giving me life. The phrase giving me life. It's giving me I'm life right now. Over that, uh, I proposed starting an Instagram page for phrases that needed to, to go away. And so, like, everyone just puts it there, and then they live there, and you're not allowed to do anything with it. Nobody stole that idea. Um, right, and, like, once it's there, it's like the whole world knows, oh, crap. It's there. I can't got use it. There, and now so it's I can't done. say it. Oh, I say that. Oops, guess I can't say that anymore. But the other video that I just needed it today was the video of the mashup of the Mean Girls Santa dance with the Mean Girls in their Santa costumes, but with the <laughs> current Lindsay Lohan like superimposed over the video of her doing the crazy dance. dance. It really is like <laughs> it's so the best good. thing on the internet right now. So, it is so good. Maybe the best thing on the internet in 2018. I, I would agree. I would absolutely agree with that. What else has like, I would, I would, I would rank Insta Goldens up there too. Yeah. But that's not, that's just new to us. That's yeah. Not like, that's, I, yeah. <laughs> that's Best, best thing on the internet. I would like to know like what people think is the best thing on the internet of 2018. Like memes, like funny things. Funny things that popped up in 2018. Yeah. What's your favorite thing on the internet other than Lindsay Lohan dancing in Mykonos? Um, oh, man. I feel like I'm put on the spot. Not new. but Oh, ev- no. I was asking that rhetorically oh. to, the, to the listeners. <laughs> I don't mean to I you. I felt in this so moment. on the spot. I was like... She's, she's, there's so I many choices. You can't do this to me. <laughs> Don't worry, Joy. I want to do that to you. I mean, like everyone else listening. I'm doing it to awesome. you guys. You guys out there, listeners. Not Joy. Okay. Thank God I'm sweating already. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, put that. So many animal videos just went through my brain right now. 
How can I pick just How one? How can I possibly? <laughs> so many goldens like licking things. Anyway, um, yeah, that if anyone needs a good laugh, that will do the trick. Uh, Lindsay Lohan video just does not get old. It's so good. Um, so Joy. So let's check in. Let's have let's How? have a talk. Everybody, uh, everybody, pull up a chair and <laughs> get close to that microphone. Nope, speaker. Yep. So you probably saw the post that Claire so eloquently wrote for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was so, well, backing up. Um, like the past two weeks, I had had these nagging aches in my right hip. And I was like, okay, this is not happening. I'm fine. I'm fine. It was totally like that Monica Friends episode where she's like, I'm not sick. And Chandler's like, you're sick. And she's like, I'm not sick. And then finally, at the end of the episode, she realizes, yeah, I'm sick. And so for like two weeks, I was in denial. And I was like, okay, this is gonna, it's gonna go away. It's fine. It's fine. I was going to all these PT appointments. And it really was like, just right after I did that really long 18 miler. And um, it just wasn't getting any better. Like no matter what I was doing, I swear to goodness, I had like a pharmacy of creams and aspirin and ibuprofen and like this routine that I would do every day to like try and make it feel better. And, uh, it just wasn't getting better. And so, um, I was getting really anxious and nervous and stressed out, like to a point where every day, as it was getting closer, I was like, oh, shit, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And then I started texting you and Jess and I was like, I'm getting really nervous about this. Like I'm, and on the last episode where it was just us two, I even said, I was like, I'm full, I'm officially in panic mode. And that was the reason was because I was so afraid that my body wasn't going to get better, but I was still committed. And so fast forward to Thursday, what the day before we were supposed to leave to New York city, um, I was just in so much pain. Like it just was throbbing pain. Like this is not soreness. You know how you just get sore from a CrossFit wad and the next day you're like, oh, I feel kind of wrecked. But you could move and you know it's going to go away. This was not that. This was like full on achy joints. I had run my final training run Thursday morning and that's when the pain was like just kind of bad. And so I was just really upset. I just like took my lunch break at work. And then I um, called Scott and I was like, I don't think I can do this. The thought of running 26.2 miles just felt exhausting. It made me very nervous to think about. So I was like, what am I doing to myself? I like turned to my desk at work and I saw all the like icy hot lotions and medications I had been taking to try and like ease the pain. And I was like, what am I even doing? This is just silly. This is becoming so stressful that I no longer feel good about doing this race. Um, I was like just totally out of my body, not present for like that whole week. Um, so I backed out and we could have done the trip. We just decided not to. It was just a personal decision Scott and I made to kind of cancel the trip entirely. And uh, yeah, and I cried all day Thursday. <laughs> um and I got emotionally kind of over it, you know, in the, in the, like over the weekend, but yeah, I texted you and Jess and I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I didn't think it, in the grand scheme of things, like it kind of sounds kind of silly. It sounds very silly to be like, Oh, I'm so sad. I didn't do this marathon, but everyone who knows when you're training for something and you're mentally preparing the entire year, it feels so weird to get right up to the start line and be like, no, never mind. So that's, I think, why I was so upset was 
I also felt like I was disappointing Scott and like, not that he cares that way, but I just, I had this like, I'd kind of been amping it up so much and I'd been lying to him because he knew that I wasn't feeling good. And every single day he was like, are you okay? And I'd be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I like totally bite his head off because he would just be like, are you, are you going to be running this race? Like, are you okay? And I was like, don't ask me that question. Of course I'm going to be running this race. Like I was getting so mad at him. And, but then after the fact, he's like, you've been lying to me. I'm like, yeah, I've been totally lying to you. Like I'm not doing well. Cause almost every day he's like, I see you laying on the floor every night, like laying on the foam roller and the massager. So that is the story. I just, uh, I just couldn't do it. Like I, I know I made the right decision, but it just sucked. It sucked really bad. So I was really happy um, to hear everyone being so supportive. Not that I expected otherwise, but everyone kind of shared their own stories of like, yeah, I, (laughs) the day before I got on the plane to go to this marathon, I had, you know, I got in a car accident or I broke my foot or just something that was like totally devastating. I'm like, yeah, this is, it happens. It happens, but it still really sucked. Yeah. And I, I think, well, first of all, of course, like everybody was so great about it and not a single person was like, what the hell, Joy, suck it up. Um, because I think everyone's been in that situation where on the other side of the situation where, you know, that you shouldn't have done, have gone forward with something. And yet you do anyway, whether it's because you're like nervous about, you know, you just have the ego or you're worried about what people are going to think, or you just talk yourself into it over and over, even though, you know, it's not the right choice. And everyone has been in that situation where you do it and then you regret it after. Yeah. And you're like, and not only do you regret it, but it's like, it, you're really worse for the wear after, after the, and, fact, yeah. right. And it's not an enjoyable experience. You are regretting it even while you're doing it. And not in like a type two fun type sort of way, like what we've talked about before where type two fun is like right. you think something's going to be fun yeah. or it's like it sucks. To at me, the time that's that rock look. climbing. It's so yeah, scary. Exactly. But then after the fact, you're like, whoa, that was, that was, that was so intense cool. and I'm glad right. I did it. Yeah. Typically type two fun is used to describe like alpine travel Yeah. where it's like at the time it's terrible. And then afterwards you're like, you know what? That really like was a meaningful experience. Yeah. Whereas like, and that can definitely a- apply to marathons and long distance running, but we've also all had those experiences, whether it's been a race or a, you know, competition or anything. I mean, it really could apply to anything in your life where, you know, I should sit this out and you do it anyway. And then you're like, wow, that was such a stupid decision. I did not gain anything from doing that. Yeah. All I did was like prove to myself that I need to trust my instincts in the future and, and like not do stuff that doesn't feel right. And I think that's why so many people like resonated with, your decision was, first of all, because they've all been there and have either made, you know, have taken the fork in the road one way or the other. And then so many people said, you know, I, I have had this experience and I wish that I had seen someone else who I look up to or just know about who had done, who had made the tough call rather than like, Pushing through and like no pain, no gain type of thing. 
And yeah. the the decision around that too was, I don't think I would have made the decision any differently had it been the Denver Marathon. I don't think it would be, you know, because if it was local, I feel like I would have been less nervous having it, having it be in my home turf where yeah, I had like my stake. home comforts and like, Denver sports recovery right around the corner and like all the places I knew I could go to if I needed them. I don't, I still don't think I would have run it, but the thought right now, um, so what I think it is, is just, it's a pinched nerve. Like sitting is really painful because it shortens the muscle and then it just like aggravates it. So all of my sitting right now is like with one leg out (laughs) and the thought of sitting on a plane, uh, for four hours was terrifying. And then I was like, Oh, and we have tickets to mean girls. Well, sitting is going to be terrifying. Like sitting just doesn't feel good right now. And so that's kind of the pain that I've been in. And, um, it, it just wasn't one of those things where I was like, I don't want to be in a completely different state in a completely different city in a hotel where I don't have access to all my like, you know, creature comforts and like remedies at home. Um, but again, had it been at home, had it been Denver, I don't even think I would have run it. But I was just so bummed because my whole intention around this race was like to train in a very smart window where I didn't get injured. Um, so I was like, you know, whatever. It happens, bodies break down. I get that. But it was just a huge lesson because my mind is there. Like, my mind was like, I'm ready for this. I want to do this. And a lot of my friends at the gym were like, that that happened like really fast. Like two weeks ago, you were feeling ready and you were feeling really good. And I was like, yeah, I ran 18 miles two weeks ago and I felt great. Um, I remember being sore, but I wasn't like dying or anything. And then it just kind of crept up on me. So it's one of those things too, where I think from the beginning, I was like, my mantra from, you know, the time I signed up was like, I'm just going to see how my body feels. I'm just going to see how my body feels. Like I kept saying that I wasn't, I never said I was going to run the race for sure. I was always like joking, like, oh, we'll see. We'll see how my body holds up. And I think that was kind of like this weird lesson too of like, yeah, my body told me it just didn't want to do it. And that's a lesson of saying, you know, anyone out there who's either doing a competition or a race or whatever, you know the difference between just soreness and like running through soreness versus running through something like it would have been miserable. And my whole point of doing New York City Marathon was to have a really fun, memorable experience because the first time I did it was so amazing that I was terrified to go. I'm like, that is just not, yeah. I mean, Claire, and of course, Claire, I was texting Claire that day and she's like, I was like, I don't know how to like put this out there. Do people really even care? Like it's in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of silly to just make this like public announcement about the race. But Claire wrote this great uh, caption for me on Instagram. (laughs) She she writes my words. (laughs) You're my ghostwriter. And um, it was like, I just didn't feel as good as I wanted to feel going into an event like that. So yeah. And I think also the reason that it was easy for me to write that is because when you're so close to it and you're like in having this emotional response and this emotional reaction to the circumstances, whereas I'm, you know, a very impartial bystander, I have nothing, you know, and, and even, even though I'm close to the situation and want you to do well, I don't care about running at all. Yeah. I am not personally invested in you, you know, doing the race or not at all. And so I think it was easy for easier, at least for me to see that as like, this is, this is all it is. Your body doesn't feel the way you want it to feel. And let's look at this bigger picture for what it is also, which is a lesson in honoring the signals you're getting from your body. And I think 
one of the things that that caption said that I that um, was like, you know, kind of just a lesson in trusting your body. And when we say trusting our body, a lot of times we are referring to trusting it to like go the extra mile or lift up, you know, lift the the PR or like, I just had to trust my body and I was able to do the thing I didn't think I could do. And, but sometimes it goes the other way. Sometimes trusting your body is like listening to your body when it's screaming at you and telling you, listen, whatever you're doing right now is not working. Yeah. This hurts. I'm in pain. I'm not happy. And like, I think we too often get in the mindset that, you know, we always kind of joke about like the hashtag no rest days, but it's still a very prevalent mindset of like, you know, how I think people would have had just as positive of a reaction if you had been like, man, my hip hurt that whole time, but I finished the race. I'm so proud of myself for pushing through it. And everyone, you know, because everyone loves you and is like, would have, you know, encouraged you either way. But you still probably would have gotten a lot of that same similar type of feedback of like, great job, Joy, way to go. Like, how inspiring. Right. But then I think at the end of the day, it's like, what are you, well, first of all, like in the position that we're in, like we do take it very seriously, the type of information and like just thoughts that we put out into the world around thinking about fitness and thinking about achievements like that. And I think that from that perspective, it's a lot more useful for people to see people, for people to see other people saying, no, you know what, this isn't going to work Yeah. versus like, you know, cause then hopefully that next time someone else is out there injured, they're going to say, you know what, I don't have to do this Yeah. versus like, well, you know, Joy pushed, pushed through, so I should push through. Exactly. But on like a more personal scale, I think one thing that we've talked about a lot in the last like year is that, um, longer term, bigger picture view of how is this going to affect me when I'm 90? Mm -hmm. And that should be, you know, like short term goals are important and they help keep us motivated, but we also can't lose sight of that really long term yeah. health. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I was talking to Beth at the gym about this, you know, she's a nurse practitioner. She was like, Joy, it's, I'm glad you made that decision. I think it was the smart decision. And I said, you know what? I just, I got so frustrated because you kind of, you start to play all these mental gymnastics of like, okay, what do I, how do I frame this? How do I look at this? Like, I'm, I know the relief set in like right after I made the decision, but then I was like, oh, but you know, there's like the 80 year old guys at the races that you see running these races. So I'm like, I just like, I want to be like strong, like those guys, not to say that I'm going to be distance running at that age, but I was just like that. That's kind of like where I go is, you know, is my body breaking down already? She's like, no, Joy, it's just not today. Like, you're, you shouldn't be running this now. And the reason that you make those smart decisions now is that so you can choose to run one when you're 80 if you so desire. <laughs> so instead of looking at it, because there was a part of me that just wanted to throw everything out, like, screw this, I'm just not going to run anymore. Like, I'm not going to do any races anymore. I'm like, I'm not going to say that. I'm just not going to worry about it right now. Like, I'm just going to let my body heal. And it's just fitness. It's just fitness. Like... I still want to garden and not be sore. Like that's, that's usually the benchmark we joke about, but I'm like, yeah, I'd pretty, yeah, but, I'd be happy really, with that. You want to be totally to happy sit, with that. You want to be able to sit on a plane or sit in a Broadway yeah. show and not be afraid of pain yeah. in those experiences. And yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I do think there's, 
Um, and I know for you, in the back of your mind, there also was this thing of like, well, I can be, you know, I want to kind of not prove at all, but like, can you do this thing still at 40 that you did at 25? Mm-hmm. And you kind of were always joking of like, I don't have that 25 year old body anymore. But, you know, I think that for a lot of people, they would have let that very much so also get in the way of like, well, this just proves that I'm old and that mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like getting decrepit <laughs> rather than yeah. this like proves that I am more mature and can make the hard decision. Yeah. Yeah. So. I no, And I, I, I definitely think that there was a part of me that's like, yeah, it's definitely uh, something to be mindful of as you get older um, to listen to those cues that your body gives you like truly in your twenties, you just don't feel that because your body's so young. But, uh, yeah, like a lot of my other friends, like Sandy and one of my friends, um, from my old work, Gary was like, um, I think they had the impression that they're like, you can just push through it. You can just push through it. And I was like, no, really, I'm actually like super hurt. And Sandy immediately was like, immediately, I think her go-to is always like encourage, encourage, like, no, you got this. You're fine. You're fine. And then when I told her I backed out, she's like, no, that's fine. You made the right decision. She's like, actually, I made, I did a race once on a, you know, a hurt foot and I regret it or I was sick and I regret it. Um, so either way. Yeah, so, so many people had those. They were yeah. like, oh my gosh, I, you know, did a race. Turns out I had a broken foot. I'm still not the same. Or yeah. like, turns out I had a stretch fracture. It yeah. still has never healed. Or and I like, had the flu and I did it and it was like the most yeah. miserable experience. And I'm like, yeah, I just didn't want to. I didn't want the stress. I did not want right. the stress of the unknown. Because otherwise this episode would be you being like, yeah, yeah I'm standing as we record this, <laughs> but I can't still, sit. I'm still in an ice bath that I've been in for three right. days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm standing here in my compression pants. Right. And no matter what, marathons are hard, but I feel like that would have been just miserable. Miserable. Not worth it. Not worth, Not worth it. it. So that's the story on that. Thank you to everyone who chimed in on that post and just gave words of encouragement. And if you ever face that decision, know that it is your, your personal decision to make and never feel like you should be pressured to do something because when you're putting your body at risk, the long term is really the goal. And there's going to be other marathons if I choose to, to train for one someday. But right now I'm just, I'm letting it go and I'm enjoying the rest of this year. <laughs> Not worried about it. Yeah, not worried about it. So I think that was that was also one thing. Like a couple of weeks ago, I posted I had done like one workout this whole pregnancy, and like which we can talk about also because now I'm starting to feel like oh, I want to work out again, but I can't because my stupid freaking foot. Anyway, I had posted about you know I haven't done any workouts and that's okay, and like that it's been n- nice to. Just give myself the, I hate the phrase, give my, give yourself space, but I that's what I, everyone's and be gentle. I be hate gentle. be gentle with yourself mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to what? Yeah. Um, be gentle. Just be kind to yourself. Like, Oh, just stop. Be what kind does it even mean? Um, you know what? The, it's, it's just another way of saying, like, don't talk bad about yourself. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I know what people are getting at, but it's just like, to me, it's, it's just a little so, too like, crunchy. It's not, yeah. Not even crunchy. It's just so cliche. Like, give me something, like, specific to you. Like, hey, don't tell yourself that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. That's a whole other podcast episode. Like, Don't poop on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's, like, a whole podcast episode of, like, completely harmless and totally fine things that people say that bother me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
for example. I know. Be, like, be gentle like yourself. Be gentle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we'll like put that in the Instagram uh, account like, that we're going to make. No, I feel like that one is even because like nobody <laughs> says that. that yeah. The um, giving me life, I'm just tired of, but like be gentle with yourself is like, that's a truly nice thing to say to someone. And for some reason, it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Or like when people say, oh, is your beautiful inside and out? I'm like, oh, yeah, but you it's hate like that such one. a beautiful thing to say. It, is a it truly is to say. such a nice thing to say. Wait, to why does I that bother saying. you? Because it's just it's like, why do I have to be beautiful on the outside? Why is it okay? Why okay. can't I just be beautiful on the inside? Okay. Okay. Like, why do you have to qualify my like personality by also telling me that I'm like, Oh, externally yeah. beautiful. I get that. Yeah. But again, that yeah. seems like such a nitpicky thing to like take it's issue fine. with when somebody is trying to give you a compliment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a thing too, is it's like, Claire, just like focus on the intent of what people, someone's telling. Right. They're trying to give you a compliment. Don't turn around and be like, what are you saying? I'm ugly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't even know where I was going with this. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> working out when pregnant, I was giving myself space Yeah. to not like stress out about not working out because, and part of the, what I had talked about was like, you know, with miles, I worked out the whole time. I even coached until I was like 36 or 37 yeah, weeks pregnant. Like and I like, it. I was like, I worked out three to four times a week or more, sometimes multiple times a day. Like I still gained a ton of weight because apparently I just gained a bunch of weight when I'm pregnant, mostly in my face and knees, which is weird, but whatever. <laughs> I seriously like have this like just fat pockets on the inside of my knees. Like, where? How? How's that it a thing? It just goes right there. Yeah. Cool. Just, just sits there. Just sit yeah. There. Like anyway. It's just supporting. I don't know. Yeah. My inner knee. Uh-huh. It's very uncomfortable. It's very un, un. It's not flattering. It's balance. You know, it's yeah. balance, balancing everything out. Yeah. Just putting more, <laughs> lowering my center of gravity. <laughs> but then my face balances it out. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> The point of this is now that this has been so many bunny trails. The point of this is that I um, made this whole post about how, you know, I worked out all this whole time with miles because, and not because I, it felt good or because I even really wanted to, but because I felt like I should, because I felt like I needed to have like the hashtag fit pregnancy. Sure. And, you know, I was uncomfortable during a lot of it. I ended up kind of effing out my pelvis and setting myself up for like serious pelvic problems that I'm dealing with now. And, um, I thought that if I did it that way, I could like earn quote unquote the like birth experience right. that I wanted. Right. That did not happen. Um, you know, I ended up having a super, super long labor, a really less than great birth. And that experience sort of, I'm in a way I'm, I'm like glad I had it because it has, it gave me the perspective this time to be like, there's nothing, even if you check all the boxes, it doesn't guarantee anything. Like, yes, exercising during pregnancy is important. I know, trust me, I'm very, very well aware of all of the benefits of exercising during pregnancy. But basically, like, the point of my post that I made was, like, I'm just not forcing myself to do something that doesn't feel good. And I'm not stressed out about it. Yeah. And somebody who was very, very great and respectful in their comment was, like, I totally um, agree that, you know, you have the right to take it easy on yourself. But, like, I don't agree that you, you know, should be advocating for not working out during pregnancy. Like I, and then basically turn around and say like, this was my personal experience. Like I had my first child, um, ended up with some back problems or pelvic problems, was told the person that it would be helpful. Was saying this? Yes. 
was like, was told that it would be helpful to not exercise. And so I took that advice and it was the worst advice ever. And after I, after my, my second child was born, you know, I just had like, it was super, super weak. And my response to them was just like, you know what? Like everybody's different. Every pregnancy is different. I'm just not stressed about it. And I think that's been like the best thing I think for both of us over really the last year is just getting to the point where it's like, it's okay to not be, it's okay to not worry about it. It's really okay. And we were even talking about this. We were talking about this the other day in regards to like loose skin and tummy tucks and like stretch marks. And it's like, every time I see someone, whether they are a mom or not, because, you know, I think loose skin comes with the territory when you've, your belly has stretched like five times it's, it's width, but it can happen for all variety of reasons in all varieties of areas of your body mm-hmm. and stretch marks and cellulite and all these things that we're supposed to be trying to fix all the time. When you see somebody who just has that stuff and they just don't care, it's so liberating. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel so good. I'm like, great. We, this is great. This means we don't have to care. Yeah. Like, huh, what a relief. What a relief. Yeah. We don't have to care about this yeah. stuff. Yeah. We don't have to stress about it. We don't have to give it the time of day. We don't have to like pay to have it surgically repaired. We don't have to, you know, quote unquote repaired. We don't have to do anything about it. We can just like live our lives yeah, and be like perfectly comfortable about it because, and every single time I see someone who is not making a big deal out of something like that, it's like, huh. It feels really nice. good. I can't tell you how many accounts I've not, I've unfollowed just because I'm like, oh, I can't deal with this. Like the second... I have that reaction of, oh God, not another before after. <laughs> I just click and follow because I'm like, nope, I don't need to see this anymore. I don't need this in my vision every single day. And no offense to people out there who advocate for that or, or want that or feel like that that will fulfill you in some way. I just, in my personal experience, uh, and especially Claire and I doing this work over the, the five and a half some odd years with this podcast is... I think we've had a lot of personal growth of seeing the damages that it can do to people and not speaking for everyone, but majority, like we see the feedback that comes in that you guys don't see all the time. We see the feedback that comes in for the podcast episodes that get the most reaction from people. And it almost always has to do with like guilt around exercise, guilt around diet, (laughs) guilt around appearance. Um, So I feel like that's just a discussion that, you know, you have to evolve and you have to come to that point of acceptance and how you get there is just not linear and it's not easy because when you're faced with all of these images of perfection day in and day out and whatever you grew up with and were shaped with, it's just hard to undo that. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. Like it isn't, it's not like, you know, Joy and I woke up one day and we're like, oh, that's gone. Like it's still a conversation we have in our heads constantly. And it's still something that I, that we both react to when we see it externally And that is why it's so great anytime I see somebody out in the real world or on social media who is just being – and not even being unapologetic of like the post of like calling out, oh, I have loose skin or oh, I have such stretch marks or whatever and I don't care about it. It's – I love those but also the people who just live that way and you're like – you can just like – you're just living your life and it's just like another part of your body. Yeah. In the same way that I'm not walking around being like – every single day calling attention to like my hands or something, you know, it's like trying to think of like, what have I not ever talked about? And I was like, eyebrows. No, I talk about my eyebrows all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's like, there are things out there, fat knees. Yeah. Just went over that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But there are things out there, you know, like I never, 
I would love my fat little knees. They're going to be so great. Um, they're just fueling. They're like my little breast milk gas tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, sat there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, rage birth. Spontaneous <laughs> rage birth. <laughs> um, that's a real thing, actually. That's why you do gain so much weight in certain places in your body because uh, your body then turns it into breast milk. Oh. The human body is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, that's why you store so much. One of the many, one of the reasons why you store so much fat when you're pregnant is because then you just convert it into breast milk. That is amazing. Um, God, bodies are so cool. It's me. Like I can't, I can't so cool. think about the physiological changes of pregnancy too much because I like just get overwhelmed It'll by freak all of it. Out. Yeah. Like and in a good way. Anytime but it's I see like, a documentary about it, I'm like, that is insane. 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 Our bodies are. Crazy, amazing machines. Never take it for granted. Never take Ever. it for granted. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like when you just see people out there in the world just living their lives with those things that so many of us critique about our own life or our own bodies. To me, it's so freeing because it's like it really, it, and I've already said this in this episode, but it is this like sigh of relief and this exhale of like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We're, we're, I guess I we're think, done worrying about this Can we just crap. stop? I mean, this might sound really not mean. I don't know. I'm going to say it. Can we just stop kind of declaring that we don't care what people think? Like, just go live your life. You know, I see a lot of posts out there, too. that's kind of like making this declaration of like, hey, okay. ladies. <laughs> I, I, I see what you're saying, and I see where you're coming from. However, okay. I like those posts because I recognize that that is a big moment in someone's life where they realize I don't have to worry about this anymore and they want to declare it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, and it's like... That's fine. I want to declare to the world that I, after 20 or 30 or 50 or 80 years, I'm done worrying about it. Yeah, okay. All right. It's like a dead ball for your self-esteem. I think it's just kind of like, to me, the social media post is just not where you should do that. The social media post, I I get it. Like, that's the world we live in. But well, part of me is I, like, I do go think, do something big for yourself. Like, go yeah. live it your can, life. Like, go do both. Yeah, I, both. I definitely <laughs> there are sometimes where I feel like it's very clickbaity. Yeah. Yes. Where that's like, where I think I'm kind of like, don't don't do it for the gram. Like, do right. go go make some big I, grand gesture in your life. Go get a margarita. Is, margarita is a big grand gesture <laughs> for joy. Um, yeah, sometimes it definitely feels clickbaity, especially when it's like, I don't know, just those posts where I, I mean, I don't I don't want to qualify anybody's opinions about their body because we all have our own hangups about things that nobody sure. else thinks we should have hangups right. about. Exactly. And so I but I think that's why I'm sort of defending it is because I think for some people like where we're looking at it being like, Okay, okay, we get it. You love your body. For them, they're like, No, you don't understand. It's taken me however many years and however many diets and however many like sleepless nights to get to this point and I wanna freaking post about it on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, uh, let's wrap this part of the conversation up by saying that we get a lot of questions of people being like, yeah, but how do I do that? But how do I stop caring? But how do I jump off that cycle? And there is just not one answer for that. But I will say when you do find the tools that get you to a point of acceptance and kind of letting yourself, letting that go, and it can be small things every single day that you're just like, ah, I just don't want to worry about that anymore. The best way I can describe it is it's like, it'll stop bothering you when it just stops bothering you. Like, it'll just it's all of a sudden like, go away. It'll all of a sudden like just be like... It's like in high school when you stopped having a crush on a boy. Yeah. It was like slowly but surely you kind of were like, I don't really care where he is during yeah. passing period anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't really care where he eats lunch. But I think 
um, one like slightly more specific way to deal with it is when you are having those feelings or rather when you're not having those feelings, like notice that you're not having those feelings and say to yourself like, oh, this is nice to Mm -hmm. not have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like you're with your girlfriends and you, you know, at the end of the night realize like, you know what? I didn't look at myself in a mirror once or I didn't, you know, whatever one time I didn't say something bad about myself once I accepted a compliment because it came from my best friend, like recognizing those moments and really taking them in and looking for them in your day-to-day life, I think is a great place to start because once you start looking for them, you will start to cultivate them. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, it's like, you just have these little, it's a collection of tiny little aha moments. It's mm-hmm. not like a switch just flips. Right. And when people are always like, you know, how do you get to that point? It's like, you just it, can't. Well, and also it's not, there's never an end point. It gets mm-hmm. easier and it gets less um, difficult, mm-hmm. which is what I just said, easier. Uh-huh. It gets less persistent, I guess I mean. like mm-hmm. It's not but, as loud. It's not as intense. It's not as charged. Like it's still there, yeah, but, but the emotions around it aren't as rousing. Like you're just, yeah. it's kind of like the low hum in the background. We're like, oh yeah, that's still there, but I'm just not giving it that attention. I'm not giving it that airtime. And that is just a path that is so individual for everyone. So um, I think just starting with that idea of knowing that that is all you, that's all your path. But I think Claire and I were kind of, the reason we kind of brought this up too is like the holidays are coming and we're seeing a lot of like holiday diets and like how to to survive the holidays, uh, holiday eating and all that crap. And it's, it's like, first of all, no one's just going to go ahead and you know, binge on 20 pies a day, like give me a break. I'd be curious to see studies of like how much more people eat and if it's really that big of a freaking deal during the holidays. And also I think- Is it that big of a deal? I just think that it's like so hyped up. It is very hyped up. Oh, the holidays are coming. You better watch your back. And it's like, it's just- Watch your back like there's a pumpkin pie with a knife chasing you. you. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to sneak up behind you and just start shoving dinner rolls into your face. (laughs) 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 Giant stay puffed marshmallow man on top of your sweet potatoes. Um, (laughs) John Hayes sweet potatoes. Um, Doesn't he love the ones with? He loves with the marshmallows. Yes. yes. It has to, and it has to be big marshmallows. Yes, it can't be big marshmallows. Nope. Yeah. We've talked about this every yes, year. We have. John Hay, sweet potato casserole. And big the gravy on top. The gravy boat. Gravy pinata, <laughs> which has yet to happen because that would actually be disgusting. Um, can you imagine like a dripping pinata? No, no. that'd be good. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. And I mean, they're just, I mean, like how many meals are we really talking about here? maximum like five yeah over the course of six weeks yeah i'm pretty sure and like people are like oh there's all these christmas parties and like every year it's the same thing where it's like swap out your sparkling water your wine with some sparkling yeah. water and just make sure right. that make you're sure, not eat, eat before you go to the party yeah, so have not some tempted have a salad quiches. have a salad well, you know before what? you go out self magazine i love mini quiches yeah so I'm going to eat a whole dinner of mini quiches and I'm not going to freaking worry about it Yeah, because it's one meal. Yeah. And it's fine. And I love shrimp cocktails. Oh yeah. And any, and let's just say any appetizer or like, yeah, pass up that involves puff pastry, I will eat it. Oh yeah. And I will not feel bad about it. Mm-mm. And I, yeah, like, yeah, I just feel like it's unnecessary amounts of stress. Take your holiday tips and shove it where the sun don't shine. (laughs) Take your holiday tips 
bake them into a pie and eat them. <laughs> I do have like um, some suggestions for like surviving the holidays emotionally. One is to watch the SNL skit that they did the spoof on the Adele song. Do you remember that from like three years ago when Hello was like the biggest hit of the year? You don't? The Where they're sitting around the dining room table? Okay, everyone right now, mm-hmm. stop, pause. Stop what you're doing unless you're driving. Please be safe. Safety first. And Google Pull SNL. over right now. <laughs> Google SNL Adele Thanksgiving. Like it is probably one of the funniest SNL skits. Basically, it's taking the Adele song as like an icebreaker whenever things get really heated. So like everyone's around the table and they start to argue about politics or, you know, someone says something really inappropriate and they all just start fighting. And then all of a sudden the Adele song comes on and like everyone holds hands and starts singing and like, oh, it's so good. It is so freaking funny. So I always think about that. Like when you're at your family's house, like do you have stressful holidays? No, like you get along well with your family. Yeah. And I always... Lately, I've really tried to be aware of that and not take it for granted because it's like I, anyone, I mean, any, I have a huge family. Yeah. And it's made up of several different families. Yeah. I mean, even like we spend the holidays typically with like Christmas Eve, typically we go over to my sister-in-law's family's house. Oh my God. So I'm not even related to them. (laughs) And yet like they're who we, you know, we always go over for Christmas Eve and like all of Brandon's family. There is not a, I mean, there are certainly family members who I get along with better than other family members. Yeah. But I don't have anyone in my extended or immediate family who I'm like, I dread seeing. Yeah. So it's good. Which I, yeah. It's great. Yeah. I, and I, and I everybody, feel... we all like have a similar sense of humor. We all like the same foods. Like, no, you know. Yeah. John Hay wears a sweater vests. I mean, that's every day of his life, literally. So. <laughs> Does he have like he wears, a closet of just sweater vests? His entire wardrobe, <laughs> khaki or dark blue pants or khaki or dark blue shorts, uh-huh. polos, uh-huh. short and long sleeve polos. I mean, he, and then like also dress shirts, like full button up shirts, but he, those are, those are more formal wear. Sure. Short and long sleeve polos and sweater vests. Awesome. <laughs> He's basically been wearing the Choate uniform since like 1950 when he went to Choate. You know, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, if you have to decide on your outfit every day, you're just wasting decision yeah, making. Yeah, he's just Steve's yeah. job, Steve Jobs he in really, it, but like from Brooks Brothers. He practically is. It's amazing. And yeah. he, oh, and then sometimes if it's really cold out, he'll wear the full sweater with the polo shirt collar sticking oh, out. Perfect. Underneath. Yeah. It's very Yeah, festive. sometimes not sweater vest, sometimes full sweater. Family holidays, I think, can be stressful for people who either have bad relationships with their families or if there's like something sad that happened around the holidays. So, you know, just, I always think about that too. It's like, I don't, I feel really lucky that I have a pretty positive family experience whenever the holidays roll around. But, um, if you are one of those people that are just like, ah, oh, I hate the holidays. I have a really, you know, crappy family dynamic. Just know that you're not alone. It's like, and, uh, not to sound cliche, but yeah, take care of yourself around this time of year because on top of everything else being like, it's so festive and fun and like everything under the sun is around the holidays or eating or pressure to do it all perfectly. Like don't go on Pinterest, put the Pinterest away (laughs) because everything like looks perfect on there. And the next thing you know, you're at Target buying like $200 worth of Christmas decorations because you feel like you have to have like a Magnolia house. (laughs) 
Um, I spent, to be fair, it was $4, but on a um, crochet pattern for a handmade, for hand crocheted Christmas stockings. I have never crocheted a thing in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I tried when to crochet a hat that? yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I was looking online because we don't have good, we don't have good um, stockings. We have like, we don't have stockings. I was like, this year, this is going to be the year we get like stockings. And I found it's, this really cute. This year. It's this year. I found this really cute crocheted one on like Crate and Barrel or something for $90. I thought I could make that. Oh, yes. And so How, I went on Etsy. Oh, my God. Hold on. I want people to write in with their stories. of there, I, I can make that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like real life. Um, what's that show? Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Real life. I nailed really it. want people to be like, I saw something. I thought I can make that. I want you to send the picture of what you yes. thought you could make and then what you actually made. Or just the story of like. Because sometimes you don't even get all the way to the thing that you made. Sometimes no. it's like, I thought I could make it. I ended up spending, you know, it, like, yeah, a, what, I need to t- know here's, a, here's what typically happens to me. And because I have a long history of this, uh-huh. I will see something that maybe costs, let's say it costs $30. And I think this is ridiculous. I could make that. I then go and spend at least $40 on the materials <laughs> to make it. And then, and then the time, many hours failing at making it. So then I go back and think, well, I just bought the wrong supplies. So I spent another $40 with this, or, you know, let's say $20 with the second round of supplies. I have now spent enough money to have purchased two pre-made ones. Yep. I'm sure that's, what's going to end up happening with the stocking situation, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I can crochet. The first thing I'm ever going to crochet is like mm-hmm. an advanced Christmas stocking. I can't I don't even literally crochet a scarf. Yeah. I have tried. I can't, my, the tension in like, have you ever crocheted? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, like loop, loop, loop. The tension, yeah. I, I, I can't keep a, um, like a consistent, a consistent tension. tension. Yeah. So by the end of it's like the like third tight. row, it's so tight that I yeah. can't even get the hook through anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now it's just like crunk, <laughs> completely like crumpled up for Zen because I, it's the, t- I, but yeah. for some reason I've decided that well, I'm going to Well, we want to see this. pictures. The world is waiting to see your creations. I'll Instagram live it. You guys okay. can, but you be, uh, Aware there's gonna be a lot of swearing. Yeah, people will be yeah. like, "Oh, let's just watch some paint dry instead." <laughs> yeah, it'll be. I don't know. I have a feeling it'll be pretty entertaining, but because I be. do have, I have very, I have a very expressive face. Okay. So if you can imagine me just like anger face, she's doing a very angry face right and now. And anger hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one last thing before we sign off, uh, we saw was it the BirthFit account where they were talking? About, Lindsay Matthews was talking about doing a media detox. In December? Yes. BirthFit. I forget the exact de- days of it because it was an Instagram story and then it I disappeared. Say it was, yeah. I want to say it was like mid-December. It, and I think it was like 10 days around Christmas and like the 18th through the yeah. first something. Yeah. And Claire uh, sent it to me and was like, we should do this. And my first reaction was like, oh, hell no. Because what do we do without social media? But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? <sighs> that could be really nice. That could be really nice. Like the, the addiction that we have to social media, I'm not going to get into that because we don't need to talk about that. Oh my gosh. How much, like what's your, how much time do you spend on your phone a day? What's your little clicker say? Oh, I haven't, I haven't looked at the stats on that. It doesn't, I think I have like, yeah, I think I had, I'm not going to pull it up now, but because I don't know where it is. It's in, (laughs) it's very easy. It's in settings and then it's under screen Screen time, time, which is like, Okay, so I have downtime. Like I have, uh, oh no, not downtime. Oh, my app limit. Yeah, but what's okay, your like so total what, for your day? So 
my <laughs> what's yours? You tell me first. It's really bad. Okay. It's over five hours. Okay. So my my screen time is four hours. Uh, social networking is two hours. Productivity is forty minutes. Entertainment is seventeen minutes. And then I have app limits of social networking to only be three hours. And I've I've yet to get cut off. Like maybe at like nine at night, it'll say you're super close. You got you're cut off. So that's what I'm limiting yeah. myself to a day is three hours of social networking, which sounds insane. Like three hours of right. It should not. You should not have to limit yourself. Holy so cow! So I, mine is my average. Today was really high because um, I had I was in a lot of waiting rooms today. Yeah, I know. But my average screen time is it's like over four hours. I can't okay. find the exact thing. Over four hours a day. The vast majority of that, it will not shock you to find, is spent text messaging. Yeah. Because you basically yeah. and and like two other friends <laughs> Jess and my mom um, <laughs> and I have one friend named Elise who I text a lot hi Elise because um, she's also pregnant and like basically anyway you get to limit uh, together but other than that it's mostly Instagram and Facebook almost exclusively like I'm not doing anything productive on my phone yeah and yeah and it but it's just a habit it's like yeah. There's nothing has happened on Facebook in the last five minutes that I need to know about, but it feels like I do. It feels like you do. And so here's the other thing that I think about. And I was listening to Chris Gathard's podcast recently, and he was talking about how um, he was taking like a social media break and how, you know, hitting, hitting like, like the act of just hitting like on Facebook is like, if you think about it and you really step away, it's like, that really is doing nothing. It's really, I mean, I guess you could argue it might be connecting to someone to let them know you're there and like, hey, I support you. But it's really not adding value to your life. And I'm like, yeah, I do that a lot. Like I'll scroll posts and I'll like, it's kind of like my way of saying hi to people. But if I could just cut that in half and know that like hitting likes and like looking for things to like, I I think that that would be a really good lesson for me to like see how I could, I don't know, not be more productive because I'm not. Like, I don't feel like it's making me unproductive, but I just feel like it would help my mental state, especially like going into the winter months when I tend to get like the winter blues and checking out on social media is not always the best way to cope. I don't think it's a healthy coping skill for most people. Like it's a way to check out. And I think that we think that, I think connecting, it certainly has connected us in a lot of ways, but social media is also a way to kind of numb out and check out and... Yeah. And I think it's like important to have those moments during the day, but like you don't need, I don't need to be spending four or more hours a day doing no. that. Yeah. No. So or three or more hours a day. I mean, I, so I have my limits. I have 45 minutes on Instagram and 20 minutes on Facebook. Okay. I don't spend like hardly any time on Facebook on my phone. I just don't spend that much time on Facebook in general. I spend a ton of time on Instagram. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Doing what? I don't know. Scrolling. You know what I Scrolling. was also thinking we should do is like cut our, the people we follow in half. I do that all the time, actually. You do don't you? know this apparently, but I oh, go through awesome. and I like probably once a month, I unfollow like at least 50 people at oh, a time. Oh, awesome. Great. So then it's just a pain in the fun. butt to do. It is a pain in the butt. But I think that that's another thing is like who you follow. It's just like, I was looking, <laughs> I'm totally comparing us to Beyonce. I was looking at Beyonce. I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's fine. Um, I was looking at Beyonce's account today and she doesn't follow anyone. I'm like, because who she's are you? Badass. Dave Castro? Like Dave Castro. Like, they, they've got shit to do. And so they're not following yeah. people. <laughs> yep. yep. 
And I kind of respect that. I kind of respect that where it's like, it's fine if people want to kind of follow what I'm doing, but I just have too much, I have too much else to do than to kind of. And there are, there are some accounts that I truly love to see. Like there are people who I truly love. Absolutely. There are golden (laughs) retriever puppies who I need to know how it's going for them learning how to walk across wooden floors. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of accounts out there where I'm like, I really only follow this person because I feel like I'm supposed to. Yeah. But like, I don't gain anything from their posts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say though, my favorite thing about Instagram is how many DMs we get from our listeners. I do love that. I really do. I love when people send us photos and videos of just like, I'm hey, I'm in the car. I'm just yeah. listening to you guys. Yeah. Like, I love that stuff because it, first of all, it makes me feel special. Uh-huh. Cause I'm like, oh, they thought people of me. actually listen to us. Yeah. They know, they know who I am. But also it's cool to think like we got the coolest email today with somebody from somebody that just was like so personal oh, and so great. it's amazing to me. And I, feel like completely undeserving of the amount of trust that people give us. It's like, we've never met this person in our lives. And yet she's like, you're like pouring really your heart div- out. Yeah. Divulging this really, really personal thing to us as you know. And like, I don't mean to say like, we've never met this person in our lives. Like, what do you think you're doing? But more so like, how amazing is it that yeah. she trusts us with this information? And so whether it's stuff like that or, just like little moments of like, Hey, I thought you guys would love this. I love it because I'm like, it makes me feel so, so good to be like, you thought of me in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the part I love too, is like people are thinking of us when they're like all these people tagged us when they're voting. I'm like, you're tagged us when you're voting. That's so rad. (laughs) And like, or like you see the Starbucks and the target and you're like, Hey, join Claire. I'm at Starbucks and target. And And it's like, I I love love those. Yeah. (laughs) Just those little moments where it's like, you know what? Pictures of their dogs in costumes. That's great. Yeah. All we may do is like send a little heart back, but that just, and the only reason that I only send a little heart back is because I'm like, I don't really know what else to write. Yeah. And I want you to know that I like saw it and really loved it. Yeah. But it just, it really makes my day anytime we see those. And really it's because it's like, wow, we really, people like, they like us. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like, you know, people are always like, you don't even know me. It's like, I feel like I kind of do though. I feel like I kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. And I like yeah. hearing about your lives. We have the best people. Like, so keep telling us about your lives and really send us the stories. I would love to know. Yeah. What right. You're like you crafting made. fails. You're crafting failures. Or just send them to us. We'll just start a gallery of crafting Gosh. failures. So funny. All right. Well, I think that's it for this hey. week. I hope everyone's liking the two episodes a week. We've gotten some good feedback so far that people aren't like super sick fun. of us. Yeah. yeah. We have more to come. We've got a lot coming your way people. All right, I'm going to go watch TV and uh, see what happened with the results here on the on the CNN. I'm going to go eat. <laughs> see pizza. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, my boyfriend. I love him so much. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys next week. All right, bye.